lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. It's been a couple of weeks actually we've been off um, for uh, different circumstances. We had a lot of things going on at the office and then travel schedule and things like that. But anyways, we're back today and uh, we're kind of debating about the topic for the show, but really there's so much uh, DeFi, crypto and specifically DeFi news that... Uh, you know, David and I were talking, and uh, we, we, we decided that we we're going to have another episode that was going to be a little more specific about DeFi options, because I think it's something that is exploring these days. And there's a lot of misinformation there about what it is and, and how to get into it. So um, we'll jump to that right away. And then um, the other uh, part of the podcast at the end will be a little more lighthearted with some sports news and Suns and David is just raving about the Suns being number one but don't say anything just yet well I was gonna say speaking of the other sport F1 your sport yeah I'm excited for the uh, F1 race coming to Miami oh yeah 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 that too we're yeah. going baby yes yeah. next well, year maybe, 2022, but then you'll be even living there by it's, then it'll be uh, I know all the uh, tech people are moving to Miami these days by then them, yeah. rent prices will have quadrupled basically uh, everybody left San Francisco because it's so expensive, and uh, Miami's going to end up being. Well, you know, the governor already, the Florida, he already said that he's uh, ending all COVID-related restrictions. Yeah, I know. As but of July, I'm talking next year. Summer. Yeah, this will be for next year. But the, yeah, the Grand Prix of Miami, they've been working on that one for years, and on and off, on and off, and they what? finally decided on a layout and a, more than anything on a specific agreement with the city. What we're going to do um, is so we're going to rent a boat. And we're gonna dock it right well, by the, the way. The way the Grand Prix in Miami will be, I think if you rent a boat, you'll have a great time at the boat, but you probably won't see much of the Grand Prix. Right. This is not like Monaco. It's not like Monaco. No, All no right. it's different. Um, Anyways, I, they had the layout. They already did like a virtual lap or something. Uh, it's gonna be fast. It's gonna be a fast track, even though it's you know a street track, but uh, they have long straights and stuff. So anyways, let's no, get back to... Uh, I want to go. So next okay. year, anybody else uh, if planning on going, maybe we'll do a MGR Unplugged meetup. And, okay. Uh, yeah, that'll be good. Um, all right. Let's get started with uh, DeFi. David, you, you take the lead on this. Um, well, let, let's start briefly explaining what we mean by DeFi uh, since, you know... Well, we already be... did a whole episode on the basics. I want to get into more well, we, advanced... We, we, well, I know, but very briefly, basically, DeFi stands for decentralized financing, finance, yeah. and everybody knows what what financing means, uh, but few people know or understand what is decentralized. Basically, There's basically the two kind of uh, acronyms that people give it are TradFi, T-R-A-D, which is traditional finance, and then DeFi. Mm -hmm. uh, so TradFi is like Wall Street, banks, you know, anything that's basically normal right. finance. Uh, that's TradFi, and then DeFi is the new decentralized finance world. Uh, decentralized is, meaning that it's not subject to basically. It's any, not owned by anybody. It's, it's all no, based. It's all basically the 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 new tokenized world of finance, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, so the biggest uh, platform or protocol, whatever you want to call it, would be obviously Ethereum, uh, and then beyond that, within Ethereum, there's. A million things going on and then there's other ecosystems going on too uh there's there's a lot where do you want to start right so so basically we're disengaging ourselves from the traditional financial which is financing there's just uh what you're talking about um where you have banking institutions even the fed um basically setting the rules and then everybody has to go by then and then you have the completely decentralized finance which is the one that is uh just by the that the name is decentralized basically nobody's setting the rules it's a supply and demand type platform uh which as you said it starts with a ethereum platform and then uh so let's get just go through there let's go through the different platforms and, and definitions and everything yeah i mean obviously you have ethereum which is the the protocol but then with it which by the way eth itself has been flying it it, it hit 3500 this morning that we're recording this yeah, and, uh, it's dipped back down a little bit. Down it's, to like it's up about three hundred percent this year, I think so far. I mean, I it's crazy. I I literally like two weeks ago, uh, picked up some more at like fourteen hundred, 
uh, just because I was like, man, I feel like it's going to go on a run, like it was due for a run. And it was kind of my gut feeling. And literally in two weeks, it's like I tripled my money on, on the Ethereum. I was buying like 14, 1500. So, I mean, yeah, Ethereum's been going crazy. But beyond within Ethereum, right, the reason why Ethereum has its value is because of all the things that are being built on top of it, basically. And uh, I think a lot of people, if you if you know about DeFi, are familiar with like Uniswap and, and things like that. We've discussed that a bit um, and some of the liquidity pools. But the, the, the opportunities in DeFi right now are just insane between liquidity pools, yield farming, all these things, uh, lending pools. There's just so much. Uh, it's hard to even keep track. Like lately, my 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 days have basically looked like this. I, I I told you this yesterday. I was joking. I was like, I'm agency by day and DeFi by night. Like my nightly routine these days is like I eat dinner and then at like seven seven thirty I go on my laptop and I'm laying in bed and I just go and uh, for like four hours I'm just like reading, yeah, looking at true. new projects. It is true that the uh, the um the explosion of DeFi options is so huge. I mean, and, it's the and there's so many to, projects right now. Just to keep up, I, I do pretty much the same thing. I mean, in the in the afternoon, evenings, I, I do a lot of research. Um, not only that, I also listen to a lot of specific podcasts of other, you know, people experts in the uh, in DeFi, and uh, but it's it just going so fast that it gets a little confusing. It also gets a little difficult for everybody to separate the good from the bad or the, or the, the ones yeah. that have a little more of a potential growth versus the ones that are just, you know, growing like weeds and they will probably not be so effective. You know, this, now we have different platforms as well. So, um, but let's let's go on, on, like you just said, you had the, the yield farming, the uh, DeFi, uh, liquidity pools and you have the uh, lending, lending pools, pools staking the, the borrowing the staking I mean all those so and obviously all that again is separate from the traditional finance so normally like back in the days if you want a loan or something you go to a bank you ask for a loan and then you have all this collateral and the bank decides to give you a loan and then they say, okay, well, your interest on the loan is going to be so X percent let's talk some lending projects that I've exactly. been looking at so the big one of the biggest I think is are they the biggest right now? Is Av, Ave the Ave biggest? Ave and Compound and Yearn. I mean, those are the three major so, ones as far as so lending pools. Ave just launched um, with Polygon, uh, formerly known as Matic M A T I C, and their coin is still called Matic M A T I C. Um, and this is basically an L two Ethereum solution, uh, so layer two. Um, and they basically are a solution that offers much lower gas fees per transaction. Uh, than is offered on L1, which is one of the kind of current things holding Ethereum back still a bit is the transaction fees, uh, which there's plenty of solutions and we can kind of get into the some of the Ethereum uh, updates that are coming this year. Um, but anyways, so Polygon is really interesting and uh, Av just, Ave, sorry, Ave just partnered with Polygon. Um, and so now they have a separate and so the Ave still has their Ave V2 which is their kind of biggest uh, lending pool network where you can uh, lend DAI, USDC, all types of different stable coins and regular coins too. Um, but now with the on Polygon the difference is that uh, you basically earn from the regular like say you're using DAI um, and, and putting your money in a die lending pool, you still get the regular interest rate from being in that lending pool, but you're also getting paid in Matic token uh, as a reward. And right now, if people are looking for a little uh, arbitrage, I don't know how long this is going to last, but there's basically an arbitrage where um, I was looking yesterday, for example, now this fluctuates, but for example, I was looking yesterday and basically the die um, lending pool reward was like, I think it was like 8%. And then Matic was also giving you an additional uh, 6% in Matic tokens on Aave. But you can, uh, and, and so that's borrowing, basically. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I misspoke, I misspoke. That's lending, lending pool. Yeah. So, so, so basically, you can deposit money and get, when you combine those two, a 14% interest rate, right, on your deposit. But then what you can do is you can take that money you deposited and you can borrow against it. But 
the rate, the, 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 the borrow rate was only at like 11%. And so basically you can put money in, earn 14% interest and then borrow back at 11%. So you're basically getting paid a free 3%. It's kind of like if you got a loan at negative 3% interest where you're actually getting paid to borrow right now, there's an arbitrage. Um, and so that's basically on Aave, which is one of the biggest lending platforms out there. Um, and so that's if anybody's looking to basically borrow free money, if you want a free loan or actually get paid to borrow money, you can literally go on Aave right now and do that. Now, this is not financial advice, do <clears throat> your own research, blah, 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 all those disclaimers. Um, but another, so that's, that's one. So, so in, in just to compare in financial terms, in a traditional financial terms, so it'd be like, like you get a loan, you go to the bank and you get a loan for X amount of money at let's say 8% interest rate, but then you take that money from your loan and you lend it to somebody else at right, so 14% and then you basically, so, so it's like the using that loan as interest. collateral basically. Right, right. So you, ba it's like getting a loan from a bank. Right, like you said, at eight percent interest rate, and then using that loan as collateral uh, to get more money. So, 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 to I'm trying to explain it simply. I think I'm explaining it wrong here. So, basically, what you're doing is you're depositing money. It's it's like if you put money in a CD. Is kind of the best kind of analogy I could I could give. It's not exactly the same, but you put your money in a CD, and the CD gives you five percent interest. I'm just easy numbers here. Uh, no CDs give you 5%, but back in the days. that's, that's why we look at DeFi. But let's say you have a CD that gives you 5%, maybe back in the day, but what, like, like 15 years ago, um, pre, pre, uh, great recession. Um, so you have a CD that gives you 5% and then you can take the money that you have in that CD and use it as collateral to get a loan, but the loan is only 3% interest. And so then you have a 2% arbitrage there, basically, is what you can do. And so that's what you can do right now on Aave, uh, for anybody out there listening. Uh, now, another even more interesting lending project that uh, has been getting some buzz lately is called Alchemix. And uh, this one is very interesting. No, they, it's very new. It's just like two months old, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. And uh, what these guys are doing is, uh, is very interesting. Basically, they pay you the, it, they call it self-paying loans, basically. Um, and so how it works is this. Say I put $50,000 into Alchemix, right? And uh, I, I basically am uh, staking it there, so to speak, right? And we you probably can, should... Okay, we'll get later on to define staking, so, 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 farming and all that. So how Alchemix works is they use DAI only for now. So basically, say I have 50,000 DAI or I convert US dollars, and I'm using this analogy because someone actually did this, which is hilarious. So you take 50,000 DAI, and then you basically put it into Alchemix. And Alchemix, what they do is they, it's very kind of complicated on the back end. They have a whole huge diagram and explanation but all you need to know is that they basically um are using yearn and i think maybe other pools in the future but but, but they're using yearn which is another uh yield farming platform mm -hmm. um to yield farm and so you put your fifty thousand dollars in and then it's going to earn interest and it's pretty high interest like i think right now is like 13 14 percent for die yeah okay and so you put that money in there but instead of like a normal uh, interest, uh, like on Ave, for example, where you put it in and they pay you that interest. And if it's like, if it's an APR, you get paid over the year. Like in, if you have a savings account with 5% interest, they don't pay you 5% interest up front. They pay you over the course of a year, right? right. Split between like monthly normally is, is how that works. What Alchemix does is you put your money there and they will pay you the full APR up front. And, uh, or, or basically you can borrow against your money and, and you get paid up front instead of having to wait for your interest. And so they let you borrow, I think up to 50% or something like that of your money. I'm not sure exactly how much, but you put 50,000 in, then I can take 25,000 immediately out and borrow it but I never have to actually pay that 25,000 back so long as I keep the 50,000 
with Alchemix because then it's earning interest at like 14%. And then once that basically interest has earned enough money to where it's as much as my 25,000 I've borrowed, then basically I'm scot-free. But instead of having to wait, you know, however many two years or whatever to gain that interest on the 50,000, right. they give it to you up front. Right. Um, well, what is the uh, collateral that they use? Like 50% maximum or? I think it's 50%. Right. Um, so right that's kind of like to follow your CD um, comparison analogy you used before, even though they're not exactly the same. It's like you put a one year or two year CD or right. three year CD so that gives you maybe 5% again back in the old days. And the bank actually says, okay, well, after three years, you're going to get $15,000 from this CD. So we're going to give you this money up front. Exactly. And you don't have to wait until the CD exactly. matures in three years. Exactly. Uh, and then the bank is making money on your money. And as, whenever they get to make those 15000 that will be your interest on the CD, they say, okay, you're, you're good to go. But here's the other benefit. Your money's not locked. Right. So you can take the, your 50000 principal out at any time. If Just if you do it, they're going to basically take out whatever so say I, I paid off 10 and I still owe 15 of my you 25. wave off the balance of they're gonna just take that off your principal so it's not locked like a CD you're, it's locked you cannot touch that money until right. it's over um, with this it's not locked so you can take it out anytime obviously you just have to pay back the interest right then and there mm -hmm. but basically the idea is and so what a guy did with 50 grand he put 50 grand in he took I think 20 grand out as a loan and he bought a boat. And he, he basically said, all I have to do is keep my money in there for like two years. And basically the boat's free. So all you have, they, they pay you massive interest and they pay you the interest up front. Um, and you can go spend that money. So obviously that is spec to the die, which is a stable coin. But it's only die for now. But I think they're going to add more more coins. But is it always later. going to be based on uh, stable coins or like yeah, uh, USD so. stuff? Or I would guess it's pro for the foreseeable future. Yes, it'll okay. probably be stable. Right, coins. because otherwise it'll be much more variable if you start getting uh, yeah different tokens that are not stable. But it's very interesting. And so if anybody and the 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 beautiful thing about all this DeFi is literally. You don't need, there's no paperwork. You don't have to go to a bank and they're going to check your credit score and all this bullshit. No, if you want a $25,000 loan, you can go and get it right now in like two minutes with DeFi. Well, the only, the only caveat that I'll put to that is that when you go to a bank, your collateral is things that you own, whether it's your house, uh, whatever, you know. Whereas in, in, in DeFi, to get this collateral means that you need to put money up front or your you know your your stake basically there you have stake in the game basically so they don't ask you you own a house or how much you own in your mortgage or whatever you know basically they they say you put fifty thousand worth of uh fifty thousand dollars well there is obviously die in this case um here as your collateral and then you can borrow against your own collateral which you put with us so you have a little bit of a barrier of entry there uh, yeah. But then the loan um, terms are much more beneficial. Yeah. But what you just said is coming too. Uh, the oh, as far as collateral for other, yeah. other assets? Not I'm not talking about for Alchemix. I'm just saying that that is coming. And what's the problem with that is that you need to connect the real world exactly to the digital world right that, that kind of d defeats the purpose of DeFi because you just start well, but it doesn't because this is why the the beautiful thing is you come with some problem or challenge there are people working on this and this is where oracles come in and this is a big thing that in in uh uh crypto right now that I think is going to be one it, it, I mean oracles have been discussed for many years it's not a new concept but there's real major projects like the biggest is probably Chainlink um, whose founder was just interviewed by Lex Friedman a great interview I recommend people go listen to that one uh, he, he, they go much more in depth I'm not going to go super in depth but basically what an oracle is um, the best explanation is oracles are for web 3.0 what apis are for web 2.0 so apis are basically if you have two applications if i have like for example we do all the time facebook and shopify right we need to connect the uh, facebook ad account to shopify 
they use an API for that, right? And it's just basically a bridge that lets these two separate apps talk to each other. Well, oracles are that for Web 3.0, and they're going to basically connect also to APIs. So in the future, you may have Facebook connecting to blockchains and stuff like that. Um, but the way more cool thing, in my opinion, is that oracles can connect to real world data. And this is how you th this is why I say we're still so, so early in, in, in crypto and DeFi, because we haven't even really had like major insurance products come out yet or even bigger real estate i think is going to be totally tokenized like major major industries and so in the future exactly what you just said using an oracle right like and basically chainlink is an oracle network so in the future you could probably do something like connect alchemix with chainlink and then that chain link can get data from the real world and basically say, yes, this person has the title to this home, right? Because basically you tokenize, if you were to tokenize every uh, title, right? So say you're, you're... Right, so you will have to create a smart contract of your... You basically your could create, like, for example, a non-fungible token, an NFT. Mm -hmm. I know people think of that for like art and stuff, but you can make an NFT for your house title. House title, correct. And then once you have that NFT and it says, yes, this person, Manuel, owns it, or this, in this case, it would be your address owns mm -hmm. it. Then and it says and this is, and it's connected to the Zillow API and the Zillow API estimates your home value at four hundred thousand and then Alchemix says okay cool uh, basically we're gonna create a smart contract with this title NFT in it and so your NFT will go into that smart contract as collateral and then basically Chainlink is connecting all this data together and then basically saying. If this person doesn't pay it back, then this NFT ownership will transfer to Alchemix right, away from you, basically. Yeah, I get that. But basically, we're looking into, like you said, tokenizing your your assets right now. Like so we're going to use the title of your house or the title of your right. car or any possession or even company assets, exactly. whatever you're tokenizing. So you create some kind of NFT or non-fungible exactly. token so that everything is part of a smart contract and then you can connect them with Chainlink and other stuff. So that's the future. We're not there yet. The, the, honestly, what's holding that back is not the technology. All those things really could be done now. It's the regulation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, how did, what would happen if, so say, like I said, that scenario, right? You take out a, it, it really would be no different than like a home equity line of credit, right? right. But it's just a different version of that. It's just a decentralized exactly. version of that. And so say you have your $400,000 house, right? and then you take out a $200,000 loan against it, but then something happens, whatever, you can't pay back that loan, it triggers the smart contract, the smart contract transfers the NFT ownership of the title to Alchemix now, basically in the same way like a bank would basically foreclose on you. But, okay, so that, that smart contract executed, that's great, but you still have the real world uh, regulation and enforcement of that of basically you need to leave the house and uh, if you don't leave the house then the police need to come and kick you out whatever that's the part that we're not there yet and regulation right like if you tokenize the title of your home now and put on a smart contract and then you don't pay that back that loan and then so the smart contract executes but does the actual real-world law recognize that? Well, yeah, can you exactly. go to a judge and say... Well, you, you wouldn't have, like, a, a bank can basically do a foreclosure just because you don't pay your right. mortgage. But basically, but a, can Alchemix uh, or whoever is running Alchemix then go to a judge and say, hey, this was the smart contract, and will the basically legal system recognize that? That's what we need to get to. That's right. what is slowing things down is the regulation. Right. Uh, but really, the technology is going to be but there. But getting back a little more to what we can do today, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is that... I just wanted to say that because that's an example of where we're headed. And I wanted to kind of put that idea in people's minds of like, right. oh, everything's going to be tokenized. Everything's going to be digitized in the future. Like the digital and physical world, the separation is going to go away, basically. So 
let's talk about risk for a little bit because all these DeFi options sound great. I mean, I, 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 feel, I do feel like a lot of people are just missing the boat, so to speak, just because they don't know about all of these things. No, no, things. they're using Alchemics to yeah, buy right, boats. Uh, they bought a boat, but most of the people that don't buy the boat... Someone bought a Porsche too, by the way. Yeah, using well, well, that me. Uh, but a lot of people are actually missing out on, on all these options just because of lack of information, confusion, or being a little more uh, risk-averse, if you will. But so, so that's what I'm trying to come up with. Um, like, again, comparing DeFi to traditional finance, uh, again, you go to the bank, the bank says, okay, yeah, I'm going to give you a loan based on your um, collateral. And then... Um, you know, you get this money and then you pay us every month this amount. And if everything goes well, everything goes well. If you don't pay, then the bank starts squeezing you. And then depending on your collateral, they may repossess whatever you have. So all that stuff is very clear. And and unfortunately now with the interest rates being basically close to zero or 0 0.1, people are that they, they have money. I want to do something with it. I want money to work for them rather than working for the money. They, they don't know what to do with it because you invest in the market and it's very volatile too when it goes up and down, whatever. So, so savings accounts are basically non-existent. You can park your money there and it's subject to inflation, which is happening. However, you can go to DeFi and just putting your money on Aave as a part of the lending pool or any of these other uh, options, you can get uh, anywhere like six, seven, eight, ten, fourteen percent. So that very it sounds yeah, that's and that's very, on yes, that's and, very appealing. And that's on kind of the bigger, uh, safer right pools. Exactly, you can go yield farming. Well, yeah, yeah, and yeah, get yeah. crazy returns. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm obviously, the, the higher the risk, the higher the interest. But right. you can get. Let's say just the safer one where you get your to convert your your US dollars to some kind of stable coin and like DAI, for example, and then you transfer it to uh to uh like Aave and then you have this centralized basically savings account, which is is a lending pool basically. You're lending money so people can borrow it and then they have their you're own basically system. so uh, you're basically just cutting out the middleman. <laughs> when you put your money in a bank the bank doesn't keep that money. Exactly. Right? Because that's, that's not how they make money. The bank takes that money and then they lend it out. You're just cutting out the middleman. You're just no, saying, no, I, I don't I need a bank. I understand. But, but, but let's, let's go back to the topic of risk. So for the average yeah. person, how risky is to say, okay, I have two options. I can leave my money in the bank, making basically earning nothing. That's option number one. Option number two is I can invest some of the money in the stock market. Let's say that I'm totally risk averse and I say, I don't want to study stocks or individual companies or anything. I just put it into an index fund like an S&P 500 index, SPY, whatever, and then buy stock and let it grow, you know, dollar cost average, whatever. And maybe I get like four or 5% average a year. And then you discount inflation. That's number option number two. And option number three is saying, okay, well, I have this DeFi option that very conservatively, conservatively, it's gonna give me at least maybe eight, nine, ten percent. It fluctuates, but it's a good percentage rate. I mean, we never had that in savings. What is the risk? How much is the risk of that versus how much is like? Well, there's not much risk in doing that. Um, yeah. So there's different types of risk. Um, because like when people say invest in crypto, that's super, super generic. Right. Like uh, if you're if you're investing in, in, in if. OK, so obviously you have the general risk, which is just the overall market. Right. Right now we're in a bull market for crypto. So Bitcoin's been going up. Ethereum has been going up. And now lots of other like I mentioned Chainlink before Chainlink was trading at like, I think, ten dollars a token. Now it's at like 40. So everything's going up. Right. We're in a bull market right now. Even Av, Av, Ave has their own token. In the last week or two, it's gone from like it was like 300 to 500 a token. So everything's going up. Um, so for example, uh, and like Matic, same thing. So for example, one risk would be like what I mentioned before. Oh, there's an arbitrage where you can invest 14%, get 14% and borrow at 11%. That's true. As long as the price of the Matic token doesn't crash, right? So the Matic token's been going up a lot too, 
but they pay you that interest in Matic token. They don't pay you in dollars. Mm -hmm. And so if that Matic token, which right now I think is trading at like 70 or 80 cents a, a token, all of a sudden crashes back down to 20 cents, which is where it was literally like three months ago, then that interest is going to be way less too. Right. Now, you can take your tokens and just immediately convert it to dollars if you want to do that. Well, that's the difference. The dollar is kind of stable. The tokens are not. So that's right. That's so so like that's one example. So the just the market itself, bull versus bear market. Right now we're in a bull market, but I'm sure we'll, you know things don't go up forever. Okay, so there's that. Then there's the platform risk. So you have a thing like Ave, um, and I, I would say Ave is one of the safest bets. Um, but there, there's things that work against it that banks don't have. For example, none of this, any of these platforms are insured. Okay. And so there's no FDIC insurance. If you put your, you with FDIC insurance, you can put up to $250,000 in accounts and know that no matter what, if the bank goes under whatever, the government is guaranteeing you that quarter million dollars. With this, there's no guarantee. So if Ave goes under, there's some crazy catastrophic thing that happens, money's gone, okay? Now, obviously, what are the odds of that happening? I would say pretty low. A catastrophic thing like that, pretty low. There's not zero chance, but I would say pretty low. Um, there's also smart contract risk. There's also user error risk. Uh, a lot of these things are not super user friendly and people make mistakes with uh, sending money around. Um, and, including myself. Yeah. You, you can say it. I did that. Hey, I have a learning curve. I've done it too. I did it a few years ago. I, 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 I have one ETH in the ether out there somewhere. <laughs> this was, this was like years ago when ETH was like 200 bucks. I was messing around and I sent ETH somewhere and, uh, I could never get it back. It's gone in the ether. And now I, you know, that $200 ETH is a $3,300 ETH. I wish I had it back, but it well, you can recover. You just need enough computer power. It's to, part of, yeah, it's part of the it. learning. I have a, some smart contract out there that is worth a few thousand dollars. And somebody uh, in this podcast was impatient trying to connect their MetaMask to Av, so they Ave. just direct sent with uh, to the address. And uh, <laughs> the funny backstory on this is he told me. So basically, uh, we won't say how much or exactly what happened, but he was moving money to Av Ave. I keep saying Av. It's Ave. Um, it's actually spelled A A V E for yeah. those that are interested. And um, you know what? It you know their logo is a ghost. Yeah. Do you know Ave is Finnish word for ghost? Oh no, I didn't. Yeah, know. I found that out. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, anyways, just so everybody knows, the the more you know. Um, yeah. So somebody on this podcast. Got, wasn't Im you. got impatient <laughs> trying to connect their MetaMask to Ave. Something wasn't working for whatever reason. It wasn't like confirming. And so then somebody decided, you know what? I've transferred money to Ave before. I have that address. I'm just going to send the money to that address. It should work just fine. And this person did that and told me that they did that. And this is, they're like, I don't know what's going on. And yeah, it's not showing up yet. And I look at the transaction on Etherscan. And this is approved good like 30 minutes ago. And I'm like not wanting to say anything. I'm like, hmm, if it says approved like 30 minutes ago on Etherscan and it ain't showing up in your Aave uh, lending pool, I don't know. But I was not wanting to be the bearer of bad news. I was blaming my iPhone. I, I, already, I already knew what, what happened and what the consequence is going to be. So then... <laughs> You go and talk to the Ave support person and tell them what happened. And they reply, oh, no. Yeah, that's not the kind of reply you want. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you come back to me later all pissed. I can't believe I did that. I lost. Anyways, my... there's hope at the end of and the... I, uh... I, and, I, and I told them, I said, yeah, I knew when you told me that, that your money was gone. I just didn't want to be the one to tell you. And I'm glad that... That's okay. The customer support I, I person had to tell learning. you. I, uh, I, uh, as you said, I was a little impatient for, for different reasons. I had to go. I was working on my phone. It worked before. And I said, okay, I sent it to the address. And, and uh, I sent it to basically a general address. It goes into a, a dead end, basically. So it's not like 
lost uh, still have a smart contract it's basically there. stuck in a smart contract but right. Aave doesn't have control over that smart right. contract and actually to be honest Aave is actually working on a solution for that because I, I checked with them later and then yeah so the funny thing is a lot of people basically found that because it, it, let's guess actually that's a good thing to, to discuss a little bit because no it is serious when I said user risk I mean I was joking but at the same I'm very serious so there's a, a lot, lot of people these things, that, that have had that kind and, of and, mistakes like that you and know? Aave is, is one of the simpler ones too I right. mean Aave it's not super easy like the first time i did it it was like okay i mean I, I figured it out but it wasn't like the it's it's definitely not as easy as using something like a you know paypal or whatever right no but just to give you the analogy one second i wanted to compare what it is basically let's say that i'm trying to make a transfer from my bank account to another bank account you know and then you say okay well, yeah i'm gonna make you a transfer what is your routing number what is your bank account number blah 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 or even a wire transfer, you know, international, and then you get the uh, the SWIFT codes, the IBANs, whatever, all these international codes that basically connect accounts, and then they transfer the money wirelessly to each other, and then the funds are available in four or five days, whatever the, the conditions are. Well, when you do that with a bank, with the traditional financing, if you do something wrong, usually the money kicks back. It doesn't matter, the money doesn't disappear. They, I, I've done it too. When they customers gave me the wrong um, or, or clients or, or even people gave me the wrong um, routing number or whatever and then you see the, the money leaves your account but it doesn't arrive and eventually the bank contacts you saying hey we've been trying to make this transfer for two three days and we're getting a dead end basically non-existing address so they eventually the money comes back to you and they have this kind of error checking mechanism with decentralized because it's decentralized there's no error checking so there's nobody who Basically, you send it to a smart contract, right? But nobody controls that. Exactly. So the money didn't disappear, right? It's just stuck in a contract that you can't access. And it, and it can happen. And that's one thing that all these institutions and are trying to improve because they say there has to be some kind of error checking where you send it to a smart contract, like I did. But right. it's basically so. Like MetaMask will tell you if you try to. So if you tried to send to a invalid address, right? It'll tell you that. Yeah. But in your case, it was a fully functioning address. Right. MetaMask doesn't know that it's not what you want to do. MetaMask is just going to do what you say. And you say, send to this address. And it says, yeah, it's a real address. And it's sent. Right. But my, my so, you know, I'm very serious about the user risk. Obviously, we're joking because it happened to you. And it's happened to me, like I said, a few years ago when I first started getting into crypto, too. Um especially when you're new right now like i always basically if i'm doing anything new if it's something i've already done before uh, like transferring between certain wallets or whatever i'm a little less cautious but anything that i do that is new that like oh i haven't sent money here before i haven't i always do a test transaction even if it costs me I mean, it depends on the the amounts. If it's a smaller amount, you know, whatever. If I'm sending 50 bucks of something, okay, fuck it. I, I'll take the risk. But if I'm moving larger amounts of money, I always do test transactions because I know that if I fuck up something, that money's gone. And that's the biggest user unfriendliness that there is. And at least you did it. I mean, and it can be as simple. Listen. At least you did it doing something that was like transactional, a little more advanced. It can be as simple as people just don't save their seed phrases for their wallets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole And then they lose risk. it. I mean, you know, literally, I mean, literally, there are at this point, because it, it, things have inflated so much, billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these things lost literally because people don't have their seed phrases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, most of this is from like years ago, basically, when things were valuable, a lot less valuable. But I mean, there's millions. Well, how much? I think they estimate like three million Bitcoin. About three million Bitcoins are gone. unaccounted for or lost, basically. So, so, but. so, but so it's very real. And, um, and that's, and that's as the seed phrase, I think, you know, most people at this point know, okay, you got to keep your seed phrase, right? It's like a password. It's like, hey, don't mm -hmm. lose your password, you know? But yeah, when you're moving money around and, and like, like yield farming, for example, it can be very complicated because you have to uh, do a lot. Of, like, I'll give you an example. There's um, a new uh, blockchain um, called Phantom, F-A-N-T-O-M, and uh, they had some amazing yield farms that were basically offering crazy amounts of okay interest. well let's let's maybe, but i'm giving but i wanted to define the yield farm because that's another topic well i'll get into that in a second but i'm giving an example of how even i as someone who's a pretty advanced user 
it was very complicated and you can easily fuck this up where I can't buy Phantom Token on Binance US because it's not available in the US for whatever reason yet. So what, I, what you would have to do is basically go and buy the ERC-20 token of Phantom, which is basically a Ethereum-wrapped Phantom token. And then take that bit so, and basically buy that through like Uniswap or something like that. And then go and use what's called like a smart bridge and transfer that money into the back, basically unwrap it out of ETH and then go into these yield farms. So it's, it's very complicated. Right. And if you're a average Joe, it's probably too above oh, well, that's, that's the and whole. And even for me, it was like, fuck, this is a lot of complicated steps. And the problem is if you fuck up along those lines, you could risk losing the right. money. And that's what I was coming at too, that, that when, when people are deciding what to do with their money, and I said a lot of people are missing out, but also they are fear that they have fear of making a mistake. This yeah. is very unknown. And aside from being unknown, it's also not easy. It's kind of complicated. No, it's not specifically it's not, it's not easy for a person that is not, I don't want to use the term uh, tech savvy, but you do need to be quite tech savvy, I guess, or computer savvy connection, phones and apps and things like that to be able to do these kinds of transactions because it's all decentralized. So digital, if you will, you know. So, I mean, people are now used to going, checking their bank balance with their bank account, with their apps and all that stuff. And that's different. You can make payments with Zelle or Bizum or whatever in different countries and send money online and all that stuff. But this is, you're using an app, but they don't sometimes talk to each other, like you said. You have these um, Ethereum addresses and you have to copy and paste and scan a QR code. I mean, it's just not easy. And when you're dealing with money, people say, eh, I, 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 I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, and I think the future of this is not and only And I didn't do the phantom thing. Right. So far. I'm, 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 I want to figure it out, but I haven't done it yet just because I was like, hmm, okay, that sounds like a lot of steps and a lot of ways I could fuck up and I don't want to lose my money. And so I'm going to still try to figure it out, but it's, it's complicated. Right. Now, again, that is because I'm trying to get into certain yield farms that are very limited, but most people probably are not going to do right. that. Right. So, so this is very, it's in its infancy still. And, and, if, if and even, just, even the interfaces, even the kind of websites that you go to, they're very, they look like websites from, I don't know, the 90s or something. They're very yeah. interface. I mean, if, if you just want to basically earn more interest, so instead of getting, you know, basically nothing with your savings accounts, you just want to, you say, yeah, I want to get 10% interest or whatever, 12%. Um, then just use something like Av or uh, Ave or Yearn or Compound. Compound or those, they're yeah. pretty. They're not that complicated. Well, right? yeah. I mean, it's like everything. Once you learn how to do it the first time, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as, uh, you know, like like when you go to somebody's place and you don't know the address the first time. You use Google Maps and follow the directions to a letter. Exactly. Second time, you just know where the person lives. Right. Exactly. That's so, a great analogy. It's right. like when you're go. Yeah. Exactly. It's like when you're going somewhere. Especially if it's like a place you've never been in on a side of town you never go to. Right. Okay, I need Google Maps. Once I've gone to that place five times, I don't need the map anymore. Right. Right. That's a good example. So the first time you do it, you know, and, and, and there's YouTube tutorials and all types of stuff that people can look up. Just be careful. And, and, and worst case scenario, this is why I always do test transactions. Okay. So I'll test by sending 10 bucks. And okay, if I fuck something up, if I missed a step, if I did something wrong, all right, I lost 10 bucks. It sucks. Whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're, especially because like the savings accounts, it's like, you know, to move money to a savings account, I'm going to guess most people are moving larger sums of money mm -hmm. before you move that big large chunk of money do a test account yes it's going to cost you some transaction fees it is what it is it's the cost of learning think of it as your think of the the extra little fees and fuck ups you make here and there as your tuition of DeFi university basically well the good thing is that uh, there's a lot of information as you said on the internet even if you go to the websites of the companies that are the big players that you can go to coinbase binance Coindesk, uh, there. I mean, you you type on Google crypto news or whatever. There's tons of information out there. Tons of even podcasts that are very different levels of um, skill levels of different expertise. But you can read a lot. If you're intrigued. I definitely recommend that you one you read a lot and then you play the game slightly. Like start 
basically just doing yeah, the basic if, thing. If you're new to this, I would recommend first just learn about Ethereum and the Ethereum ecosystem. Don't worry about any other right ecosystems out there right now. There's, there's. I'm not saying that none are valid, but. Just do Ethereum first because that's the biggest, the most built out, the most user friendly as far as solutions. Um, get a wallet. Well, I would say just connect to a, an exchange first. Well, yeah, obviously you need an exchange. Uh, yeah, just, obviously that's a given. So if you don't own any crypto, you need to buy it. So go make a Coinbase account basic or Binance or whatever um, you want. Just download an app or anything or even on your desktop or any of the exchanges. Well, and Coinbase well, just went public. is one of the very famous. Well, let me say this is if you don't own any crypto at all, go buy some just to mess around with it. Okay. And, and that's that's very but easy. What? Exactly. But how do you buy it? You need to buy it through an exchange. Yeah, that's very easy. That's Coinbase or Binance or whatever exchange crack and it doesn't matter. Uh, go. You just go basically. That's like setting up an account like anything else. That's very easy. Um, but then I would basically if, if we're talking about DeFi, the first thing I would recommend is just use like Aave or Compound or something because those are very simple. Um, what you need is an Ethereum wallet and basically connected to Aave and it should walk you through it. The wallet I recommend, the one that I use these days is Rainbow Wallet. I've mentioned it before. It's super user friendly, super easy. They're adding features all the time. Um, I had no problems connecting it to Aave. It walks you right through it. Um, so that's what I would recommend. It's called Rainbow Wallet. You just look it up on the App Store. You'll find it. Um, I think they just launched Android or are launching Android very soon too. Um, and so basically get your Ethereum wallet, move that Ethereum from whatever exchange you bought from into that wallet, and then um, use, use it to swap to DAI if you want to, swap to other tokens if you want to, um, and then you can stake it in any of these protocols. And it's, it's pretty simple. If you just go to Aave's website, they walk you through that stuff. You know, it's... Uh, they have their own blog, they have their own uh, medium um, uh, pages and all that. Or just go on YouTube. There's tutorials, yeah, literally definitely. videos that will walk you through this stuff. Um, and then if you want to get into yield farming and more advanced stuff, um, you know, come back to me. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to expand more on the yield farming and staking all that because I, I think it's important for a little more advanced users to realize that, you know, the difference well, between staking and... I think it'd be and, better because we're already going a little long here if we do a separate video, right. a separate podcast more on that stuff. Because like Ethereum is still on proof of work, but it's going to switch to proof of stake and right. that's when staking is going to be a big deal. And there's the new EIP-1559 that's launching, which is a new shift for Ethereum. There's lots of stuff to talk and, about. And discussing how the gas fees would decrease and all yeah. that. So so those the gas fees are obviously the fees, the transaction and, fees and that you pay for. optimism is coming too, which is basically this right. L2, which is going to lower fees. So there's lots of stuff happening, but it's too much okay, for we'll, one episode. We'll do that next week. I wanted to wrap up the uh, today's podcast with a little bit of my sports note. And uh, as far as the, uh, the Suns, that I, you always like to plug listen, in. Listen, I have a record on this podcast. I said months ago, I said, I think the Suns are contenders. There's a path to them for the finals. You laughed at me. And guess what? They're the number one fucking seed in the West and number one team in the league, baby. In the NBA, yeah. Well, number one in right. the world. So let's let's talk about uh, fungible results. Um, what do you think? I mean, what about what, eight? There's only one team that I'm afraid of, and Lakers. that is the healthy Lakers, if they're healthy. No, no, but let me ask you, how many games are left in the league as of today or so? Like, uh, like seven, eight or something? Yeah, probably like, it depends on the team. Okay, like, so I, I've seen promos for the play-in or playoffs or whatever. Yeah, they it's initially. in a few weeks, two or three weeks. Okay, so those define who are going to be the seven and eighth seeds for each conference Yeah. right now. So the, the number seven through ten... Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, four teams play for two spots. Yes, it's very simple. Yes. So, and then the top six are set by record. The 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 bottom two are set based on this uh, new playoff type thing. Yeah. So you have four teams: number seven, eight, nine, ten that play for the number seven and eight seeds. And then obviously after that is the number one plays number eight, two plays number seven, and so forth. So, um, so obviously, like you said, the Suns. Our team, well, I, I only like the Suns when they win. I'm a, I'm a fair weather yeah. fan. But um, anyways, your Suns, if they're number one in the West, they could play number, they will play number eight, which uh, 
I mean, it'll be who knows, maybe Golden State or one of these, whoever ends up being there. But Lakers. But I mean, yeah, but the Lakers normally they shouldn't be on this. No, but they could. They could. They could. But the, right now, basically, the Lakers were recording this on what's today? Tuesday? Tuesday the 4th. May Tuesday, the 4th? Tuesday, May 4th. As of right now, Lakers are the fifth seed. Uh, Dallas is the sixth seed, I think, and Portland is seven. Um, and but basically, all those teams are literally like half a game apart. Right. And so any of those teams could end up being the seventh seed and be in the play-in tournament, um, which obviously the Lakers do not want to be in the play-in tournament, uh, and they normally wouldn't be, but they had injuries and all that. So let's say that they are number six. Um, do we play them in the second round? How does if that they work? were six and we're one, then no, we wouldn't play them to the conference finals if they make okay. it. The funny thing is that the Clippers are the three seed, and uh, if the Lakers are six, then it could be Lakers-Clippers first round, right. which is like the worst nightmare for the Clippers. Now, that'd be great for the Suns because then you have one of the two best teams eliminated immediately. Right. Um, no, I mean, for the Suns to win, to go to the finals, the only team in the West that I think that I'm like, okay, yeah, we're probably going to lose is the healthy Lakers. Uh, if Anthony Davis is healthy, the Suns just don't have... They don't match up well with anybody. With, yeah, we just right. don't match up well with them. But every other team, I mean, Utah, we swept the season series 3-0. The Clippers, uh, I think we just beat them. I think they're super beatable. I'm not afraid of the Clippers. Denver, I wasn't super afraid of them, but now they lost Jamal Murray, so I'm definitely not afraid of them. I mean, I know Jokic is a very good player, but and, and who else? Portland, Dallas. I mean, all those teams. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm not those afraid. Those are all best of seven. So, I mean, seven games, you, the better team usually I think the, the only one I would say the, the the my rankings of the NBA Western Conference right now, playoff rankings, I would say if the Lakers are healthy, number one, and I would put Suns number two. I think basically you could say Jazz should be number two, but the Suns swept the season series against yeah. them. Yeah. So, and I think the Suns match up really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it, really. If the Suns, if the Lakers are not 100%, though, either, then I think the Suns can beat them. Like, I'm not saying, like, the, oh, the Suns definitely lose. But, yeah, if the, the Lakers basically are playing how they were last year in mm -hmm. the playoffs when they won the championship, right? I think they're very tough to beat. And I think the most likely final will be Lakers-Nets. Um, But in the East, it's interesting, too. I think the Bucs look really good right now. The Bucs and the Nets just played, and the Bucs beat them. And uh, the Bucs have the tools, I think, to defend the Nets that most other teams don't. Yeah, but, but the Nets have been playing without Harden for a while. So they never. I don't think they've ever played all three of them, played the three stars. They have played, but only like very but little. That was in the very beginning when they were not in sync just yet. But uh, with Durant. They're still not in sync. Cause they I mean, yeah, they don't have, a, they don't have much chemistry as far as playing all together you know yeah we'll see if that matters but um but, well that will be down the road so are you going <clears throat> are you going to uh you know the problem the is i would love to go to a sun's game uh but because of covid they still have limited the fucking regular season game tickets are already expensive if you want to be lower bowl which i want to be lower bowl the regular season tickets for the suns right now are like minimum three four hundred dollars didn't the uh the governor here say already that he was gonna lift uh well that's the thing i don't know if for the playoffs if they're gonna open it up like well, at least do like i don't know if they'll do like full stadium but Not full but more. a lot more because basically if you only have like four thousand tickets for sale first of all I'll, most of them just go to season ticket holders right and then the rest is like resell but it's like i was trying to buy tickets and it was like four or five hundred dollars lower bowl for it so it's, like, just, it's a quarter of an eighth it's a th basically it was like with parking and food and everything for two people it's easily a thousand plus dollars for one fucking game for a regular season game i don't know what the playoff tickets are gonna that's be. what kind of and the suns haven't been to the playoffs in a decade so i can imagine that a lot of people yeah. are going to want to go yeah yeah so i would love to go i may have to sell some eth or bitcoin or something to do it <laughs> but uh yeah we'll see Well, they have some NFTs that include season tickets and things like that. They already sent a promotion because yeah. I'm on their email list. Yeah. Where if you you have to, uh, they want you to buy, 
um, at least two regular season tickets yeah. in order to qualify to get playoff tickets. And right. it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. Plus, I'm busy. I don't always have time to go to regular season it's games. A, it's a market. But I would, yeah, I mean, I definitely would love to go to a playoff game. And I understand if it's expensive, but I mean, it depends on the pricing. If they're going to be like $1,000 a ticket, that's out of principle. I don't know if I can do that, you know? And especially depends on the round. I mean, maybe first round will be cheaper, but if we go to like conference finals, yeah. those tickets well, are going to be expensive. It. It's much better to watch on TV, large screen, replays, all that stuff. I'll tell you this. <laughs> the Suns go to the conference finals. I may have to sell some ETH because <laughs> I'm not missing that shit, man. It's been a decade, okay? Just bring your... Uh, if the, if, I'll bring say your, uh, this. Bring your uh, MetaMask wallet there to the, uh, to the ticket holder. If the Suns go to the finals... I'm going. I, I, I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know if it's going to be thousands of dollars for well, a ticket. I know that you waited 10 years for them to even make the playoffs. I want to say they should have diehard discounts because I fucking watched discounts. this team. People don't understand. Well, I watched the Suns when they went to the finals. No, fuck you. You don't watch anything. I okay? did watch them when they went to the finals no, with Chicago. I'm talking, I watched this team for years. Guys, you don't understand. I, I pretty much, you can vouch for this. I pretty much watch every Suns game. Unless I happen to have something going on, whatever. I, let's, I would say I watch 80 to 90% of the Suns game. And I have for years. And the Suns have been, some years, literally the worst team in the league. But basically one of the worst teams in the league for years. And I watched all those fucking games. I watched the Suns lose by 40, I don't know how many times. They should have... A forty percent discount watch on my playoff Sports tickets. I just highlights, and I get enough. So, anyways, all right. Well, David, um, yeah, I hope they make it out. Now, and F one, uh, anything else? Uh, well, they uh, we're running out of time. We need to be within an hour. But uh, yeah, they they uh, quick news. They they raced at Portimao in Portugal last week. He was actually probably for me. After the first two races that were very very uh, kind of exciting, the this last one was not as much. I mean, there were Can I tell changes you something? and all that. Every time I see Botas qualify for pole, yeah, my, his... my thought is always, oh, he'll fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he'll he, he'll, he'll let team. Hamilton pass him. Him or the team or something, but... Because um, yeah. it always happens. He yeah. gets pole and then Hamilton well, wins anyway. definitely number two. But anyways, as, as far as the, the, the season goes, uh, the, the, the last race, I've heard different opinions to me it wasn't as exciting as the first ones or the first couple of ones for the, they, they have more uncertainty in these ones. There were lead changes and it was kind of interesting, but the midfield that usually is very interesting this year too, was not that interesting. I mean, Alonso did pretty good. Actually, he re recovered from 14 to finish eighth or something. Uh, he had a couple of good passes at the end, but, uh, anyways, the, the highlight for me is that this, this weekend is at Barcelona. It's the, uh, the, the Spain, the, the Spain, uh, Spanish I'm just country. rooting for Verstappen right now. I want to, I want to, I want but, somebody but to, to be honest, he's Hamilton. been making a lot of, uh, little teeny mistakes that have cost him quite a few points. And, uh, yeah, so I, mean, I think he's starting to feel a little more of the pressure and, uh, and now, and well, now he's, he, you know, Max Verstappen needs to have, and Red Bull in general need to have a perfect right. weekend. I was just about to say that. Yeah. The thing is <clears throat> when you're competing with Hamilton and Mercedes, if you want to beat them, you have to be perfect. You cannot afford to have mistakes. I mean, the last race, he even went to... Um, they, were, they were like he, almost tied or like one point difference Yeah, going it was one in. point and now it's eight. And now it's bigger. Right. I mean, every time you... you if he keeps finishing behind uh, Lewis Hamilton, that's seven, yeah, points, seven points difference between uh, first and second I, place. I think the way if Verstappen's going to win this championship... It's going to have to be some luck. It's going to have to be like Hamilton retires a couple of races well, and I mean, things like season, that. But at the same time, you, you don't want it to be because uh, Verstappen made a mistake or Red Bull made a mistake or no. something. And uh, so so everybody's going to have ups and downs. I mean, things even out. I mean, Hamilton was going to have a bad, bad races. But uh, unfortunately, what happened is like last week or last race, I'm sorry, not not uh, the Portimao, but the one before the, the Imola one, Hamilton made a mistake and still got away with it. I mean, he backed into one into the wall, put it in reverse. He got a red flag that benefited him, and then he came all the way back from tenth, a lap down or something, to finish second. So he 
had a huge damage limitation there. If that was his mistake, he definitely covered for it. Or for Verstappen, little mistakes like passing Hamilton off track limits, which basically gave the position back, and then he goes to a fast lap again. They take it off because he went off track. Little things like that, he needs to he needs to improve. Plus, you know, Verstappen is the only driver there that I've met and shook his hand. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. His that's dad. Right. Yeah, we I've known we've known, we've, him, we've known him since he was like what, like fourteen or something. Yeah, well, yeah, since well, he, he was very young. Because he used to come in the go kart. He used to come. We have the uh, in Las Vegas every year mm -hmm. the basically national karting championships in the U.S. And Verstappen and his dad used to come. Obviously, his dad was an F1 driver too, uh, and they used to come. And yeah. I think we met him when he was like fourteen or something. Nah. And he was, by the way. He was fucking good then too. Like, oh no, he's it's been like good all his life. these guys—they're good from real young. It's like yeah, you, no, no, you no. Know. Max, Max Verstappen has been very good in karting, especially. I mean, he basically didn't have any any open wheel season. He jumped straight to uh, yeah. Formula One. So, anyways, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, David. Thanks for your um, uh, for your information on the uh, DeFi. Um, I definitely want to continue. People want more DeFi. Follow me on Twitter because I tweet about DeFi. What's your uh, Twitter handle? It's uh, D underscore G-I-L-Z. Z. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, so we'll do that. Um, yeah, you, you actually are much more on... Uh, I get all my information. Plus, I post... Uh, and details from David. Posting. Amazon uh, and e-commerce tips too. So it's, okay. all, it's all free. I don't all charge... Right. We don't have oh, courses or what anything. What a generous guy. You put all your information free for the people. Just so, you know, sometimes just a side tenant. When I see all these courses and stuff for like, yeah, I like I see like, oh, for $100, learn how to create your Amazon business. I'm like, but if uh, like to me, it's like, could I create a course with a lot of valuable information? It's like, yeah, I could. But it's like, just work with our agency. That's the real I know. One. It's just time you know, to monetize like, all I, I, I want to work so. with cool clients. That's what I want. So anyways, enough for today. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week. This one will be airing very soon. Uh, we're going to edit it actually today and then we'll be uh, available to you whenever you get to it. If you like this episode, just uh, follow us also on um, Spotify or YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast and uh, just share it with one friend. That's all we ask you to do. And um, other than that, have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.